You ever heard of the you ever hear of the thing called split mind? Split mind in a sense is what's happening here. Yeah? Mind in a sense is inseparable. Uh, it's not apart from itself. It's complete, incredibly empty, which means it's unbelievably full in a sense. Yet the experience we're having of mind now is after a seeming split. It doesn't mean it's split, it can't, but it can appear to be split, yeah? And so when we're thinking about ourselves as a separate entity, we're thinking ourselves as a body, yeah? But that's after the split. The real split is the mind take up in splitting into subject-object, yeah? So all there was is subjectivity, let's say, spirit or mind, and then here in manifestations, it seems to be, it seems, and that means it only appears to be true or false to the mind that's witnessing it. So the mind's giving everything the meaning it has. So now the splitness occurs where, now I'm the subject in this life, and everything is an object to me. Yeah. So you're an object to me. I'm sensing the seeing of you, but I'm not sensing your seeing of me. Yeah, I'm not in that in that position where I'm feeling the oddness of your seeing me. I'm feeling the oddness of seemingly me seeing you. Yeah. So now I'm the subject and you're the object. That's the split. That's the tunis that all the great Zen masters always talk about. When you recognize that tunis, just shout, shout out not to. Yeah. So the not tunis. How does the not tunis keep? sustaining its interpretation here, rooted in the idea that you take yourself to be a me, and this you takes itself to be a me. Yeah? When this you takes itself to be a me, and that you takes itself to be me, the subjectivity that's moving through every and each one of these facilities, these bodies, is forgotten, and now it becomes an individual subjectivity. You and me. Yeah? The me and me, 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 me. And all the me's are seeing you's. Yeah? And all the you's that are in the same condition of thinking themselves to be a me are seeing this me as a you. Yeah? So every one of us feeling we're a me is the subjectivity, and yet everyone sees this me as a you. When I'm looking at Duncan, I don't feel, hold Duncan as a me. I hold him as a you. I hold Nancy as you. Everyone I see, if there was 8,000 people here, they'd be a you. If there was two people here, they'd be a you. But they'd only be one me. Yeah? This is the epitome of self-centeredness. This is the, this is the driving force to keep the split mind in, in that seeming appearance of being split. And what's occurring is, now a mind that's split into subject-object is maybe getting to a point it wants to find its unicity or its oneness. But it wants to find it, find it in a two-ness. Yeah? The appearance of two-ness is now taking itself to be real and it's trying to fit itself into a oneness. The whole point is to see there is no two-ness. If there is no tunis, guess what's, what is, what, guess what is left when there's no, no tunis? Oneness. Yeah? And when the oneness starts on dawning on you, there's a very deep revel, revelation that there was never tunis. The only, re, the only level that tunis could appear to reach is an appearance. It could never be so, because mind is one. Yeah? 
the ultimate singularity in a sense, which I don't even like the term one. I would say none. Well, let's use the one to deliver the message. So you and I, when we wake up in the morning, and the honest is there, and then the mind kicks in, the mind that's kicking in is living from a split, a split format. It's in subject-object, which is the epitome of tunis, yeah? And then it expands and it sees duality all the way through here. So the mind now, the oneness of mind has seemingly, seemingly split, and now it's seeing at this point subject-object, and then it's seeing day, night, yes, no, hot, cold, connected, disconnected. And then it just entertains all of these possibilities that are spawned out of the petri dish of tunis. And we're suffering from that situation, and yet we want to get relief as one of the aspects of the tunis, this special subject. As if I'm going to get relief, and who gives a damn about you? Yeah? But the disease isn't in, the, the disease is coming from the format of the tunis, and it's expressing itself in tunis. Yeah? But one of the aspects of the tunis is not going to become free from the misfortunes of the tunis. It's part and parcel of it. Yeah? You're going to have highs and lows. You're going to truly feel you're connected some days and disconnected other days. These impossibilities become really possible in an interpretation of tunis, which is rooted in the subject of you and the object of everything else. That's what mind really is. The mind is not in a body. The body is in a mind. Yeah? The mind is one, but its appearance here, its format here, has turned into a split mind, which is a, a description of oneness from a bifocal position. Yeah? From a two position. When have you ever felt good as a body for a long time? Every day, the same good. When? Or when, even when you feel like, I remember a guy was telling me he'd been depressed for seven days every minute of the day. I saw him at a party that night and I saw him smile and I went up to him. I said, Tony, are you depressed now? Ha ha! He wasn't depressed every second of the day. It's a freaking story. It's a, a story of continuity when there is no continuity. There's up and down, high and low, yes and no, connected, disconnected, yes? Close to the truth, far from the truth. All revolving, all revolving and getting its emphasis and oomph from the identification as a self. That's why if you question, if you're not that, you won't be defined by this and that. If you're not the special that of this and that, you won't be defined by this and that. You'll be defined by that which is, or the I am that I am. Yeah? Not the I am that I am or I may not be. <laughs> not that not the I am that I can be close, I can be far. Not the I am that is based on conditions and circumstances. No. The I am that I am. Yeah. Before it's split into I am, I'm not. To be or not to be. Yeah? This I think therefore that. All this baloney. All coming out of split mind. Yeah? Split mind. And the thing is, the mind has never split. It just appears to split. Yeah? And it needs a mind to see that. To further that dilemma, the mind has to be in cahoots with it. It's like the movie is, de is defined by the audience. Yeah? So you'll be holding to yes and no 
And your role is, your mind is in cahoots with the yes and no. That's where the relief isn't trying to have only yes and get rid of the no or whatever. It's about seeing there is no you that has the yes or the no. Yeah. Then you can have some sense of the unicity of mind while you're seeing the split mind because the appearance will continue to appear. But like Jesus says, you'll be in this world, but you won't be of this world. Yeah? You'll be in the split aspect of yes and no of mind, but you'll be of the one mind. Yeah. That, I would imagine, will trickle down like a spiritual economy. It'll trickle down into your experience in the tunis. Your experience won't be based on experience anymore. It'll be based on a state, and then it'll get to a point where it'll be based on something that's prior to all states. Yeah. You'll have freedom, radical freedom. Not as a special one in two, but from the two. Yeah? You won't be trying to move to the high ground because you're afraid of the low ground. You won't be trying to rush to have a peak experience because you know you're going to drop into a depression. You'll see, you're not, you're not, you're not that, that little bobbing ball on the water of low and high tides, of getting cool, feeling uncool. That's just a movement of split mind. Yeah? If it goes this way, it must go that way. There's no escape in it. Yeah? It's like a slinky. The slinky moves, and then the tail of the slinky moves, and then the tail's down the head, and now the tail moves, and then the head. So it's like, you can't split. A, no matter how many times you cut a coin, it's still going to be two-sided. Yeah? Split mind. That's why it says self can't get out of self. I mean, you can't use mind to find the mind. Because you're using mind that's been formatted seemingly in splitness to try to find the wholeness of mind. It doesn't work. You've just got to question the splitness. If that isn't so, yeah, then you are whole mind. And that's what you'll find out, either quickly or slowly. But it's going to download. And you're going to know, like she's, yes, she's agreeing. The proof will be in the pudding. You'll find out. Knowing is part of split mind. There's the knowing and there's the knower. That's why Ram Nahashi said a beautiful statement, to know God is to be God. In split mind, to know God is to be a knower of God. Yeah? To know God as an object would be that I'm the knower of God, which is the subject. That's split. Yeah? He's saying to know God is to be God. That's not split. And it's also incredibly fast because it takes no time. Yeah. Can you imagine if we were actually split to try to have, how are you going to fit this cumbersome two-ness into oneness? Recovery says, take the good of me and the bad of me. Take both splits. Yeah? Because I'm neither. Hopefully I'll be placed in a position of neutrality, which be, I'm neither that nor this. Yeah? I'm neither the junkie nor am I the recovered saintly junkie. I'm, I'm not the junkie nor am I this. That's the freedom from both. 
I don't want to be freedom from recovery and be in a, a, a bondage in an idea of being a saint. I want to be free from both. That's the singularity. Yeah? Of course in duality, something seems to be more preferences than others. Of course we'd rather move this way and that way. But it's almost inherently built into the system. If you move this way, you're going to end up that way too. It's going to go both ways, yeah? To be free from both is the freedom. Yeah. What would happen if you never took a position? Would you ever fall from it? No. There'd be no, nowhere to fall from. Yeah. If you think you're a good person, you'll defend that goodness and make secrets about when you thought you were bad and try to save your face instead of your ass. If you think you're a bad person, you won't take any of the evidence of life telling you that you're fine, that you're worthy, that you're okay, because you'll be determined that you're a bad person. Yes? Mind will, rain, will be reigning over all the possibilities. Yeah? When you're having a good day, the day will last maybe for ten minutes before you start thinking, when are they going to find out? I'm a fraud. And if you're having a bad day, you'll probably say it's going to last forever. You want to live under that bias? In split mind, there is no neutrality. In mind, that's all there is, is neutrality. Yeah. It's not determined by this or that. Yet this or that can appear in it, but it is not determined by this and that. That's the freedom from this and that. Yeah. Now you have that, let's say you have that nobility or a drive to sort of want to seek that freedom, but then again you may be seeking that freedom in a formatted mental way that's going to defeat that purpose. You're going to try to become free as a self instead of being free from the self. Yeah? I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in a lot of people. They, that, that noble aspiration gets commandeered by the selfing, and now it's turned into a quote-unquote noble path that all you do is get the uniforms for. Yeah? But you don't get the translation of an ease and comfort, because if a saint has bad thoughts and it's identified as a saint, he's going to get uncomfortable because they're his thoughts and he shouldn't be having bad thoughts as a saint. That's no fucking freedom to me. So this experience, in a sense, or this point of view of being a self, is not prior to the split mind, it's an effect or a manifestation of the split mind. The split mind's first manifestation in this experience is subject-object, and then it just riffs on that. Yeah? We're taking ourselves, in this splitness, we're taking ourselves to be a singularity, a false singularity. Like, I'm an unusual, unique, different body that I'm seeing a certain way. But seeing is, is, is prior to all my interpretation of how I'm seeing. The seeing is what's going on, and the same energy or consciousness that's seeing out of you is seeing out of this. There is only one subject here in this place. Yeah? What a relief that could bring about if you entertained it. You'd be the relief of the bondage of self. Be it a good self or a bad self. There's a part in recovery where they talk about the person will be kind and virtuous, but isn't that self-centeredness too? Exactly. 
both sides being nasty and bad is an example of the selfing, and also being kind and good can be an example of the selfing. You're not going to escape from this little titatata if you're the axle point, the axis point, yeah? If you're what's making the sea and the sore occur, why not question are you that? If you're not that, your life won't be determined by the seeing and the sore. Yeah? We're not saying, how do you ever run on, you ever do with, are you going to try to run on a sea sore and just stay on one side? It wouldn't be defined as a sea sore, would it? It would just be a sea or a sore sore. You'd just be there. There would be no movement, yeah? This whole place is like a sea sore. And the mind, the mind, the self, the mind that's split into subject object is resting on an idea. In this duality, there is a singularity. It isn't what's so, it's me. I'm the singularity in all this duality. That's why it's so confusing. I should, I'm a continuum, I'm stable, then why is my day so unstable? Why is my experience, I'm really feeling good at 10 and then I'm like in the incredible doldrums by 1. Yet this, it's the same me that was there when it was really good, this is the story, and that's real there when it's really bad. So I'm enjoying the goodness that I'm imposed on by the badness. But I'm this, this is a false freaking idea. There is no physical singularity. Yeah. You are not a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. If you see that, then all, all of this life that's happening in this dualistic manner, you would see that it's just happening, not to you as a singularity. Yeah? Because from the singularity point of view, the mental singularity, this place looks like it's happening to us, doesn't it? And then we wanted all the good to keep happening, but it seems to be a mixture. It's good and, quote, bad. Yeah? You start, you finally get relaxed, and now you're 70 years old, and your body's hurting all day, or you got arthritis, and you, Jesus, I could have really enjoyed this mental state in a 20-year-old body, but now I'm having it when I'm 78. You know what I mean? I wish I would have had this when I was 30. This is what happens here, yeah? With this false singularity. I want to have all this good, and I don't want any of the bad. No, it's like... <laughs> Let's say there's two species of moths. Two species of moths, that's all. They both have the same predilection, though. They're seeing the light. They go after the light, right? Now, you may try to get, like, a moth screen, or only this one, but only these one species of moth in. But both species... Let's say the good moths and the bad moths are both driven to this light. Yeah? And you want, all right, I'm going to build this thing where only the good moths can get in or put some guy at the door. To, all right, the good moth, you're in that. No, it's going to be impossible. And you're, and you're wondering why I just want only the good moths, but then the bad moths come. Because they're determined by the false singularity also. If you took out the bulb... If your attention and interest wasn't fueling this idea so much of being a separate someone, if that bulb would go dim, the moths would stop going towards it. They'd still be out there. You'd see those moths as happening, but they wouldn't be happening to you anymore. That's the only freedom. Turn off the light of false singularity. And what is that light? It's your interest and attention and what's going to happen to you and what did happen to you.
I don't know, if you're in recovery, you have all the information you freaking need of what's going to happen on life, life run on self-will. It's not going to change. Yeah? When it was really good when you're out there, how long did it last in your head? How much could you enjoy how it was good? You'd be afraid that it was going to be bad the next day. There was no way you can enjoy it. And then the bad seemed to be more predominant. It's not going to change. Yeah? Because the two, the emphasis on those two cards are given the emphasis by the singularity of you as being the ace in the deck. You're actually the freaking joker. Yeah? When this changes, everything changes. When mind changes, everything changes, or has the possibility of changing. You can change everything else, it may not change the mind, but when mind changes, everything has the possibility of changing. Everything is being given meaning to by the mind. What would happen if there's mind, and then the manifestation, the mind tends to take on a split nature, yes? Subject, object, and then it just geometrically progresses there and goes into duality, yes? So when you call yourself someone, your Z, that Z is really the description based on the duality of split mind. See, the mind has taken, there's a subject and there's an object, and you so happen to be the subject in that, that equation of subject-object. But that subject-object is the splitness of mind. All there is is one, all this, er, there is is emptiness, a wholeness, and then mind is manifested, and there's an interpretation going on here of mind called split mind, where the mind is now taking itself to be a subject and object. So, so that's having an experience here. Yeah? Now that two-ness is never going to be able to acquire oneness. It's not at the, it's not at the two-ness supermarkets. There's no oneness there. It's it's the whole it's the ground the market's on, but it's not in the market. Yeah? So you're not going to squeeze two-ness into oneness. In other words, you're not going to be there to experience the truth. You're not going to get it, ever. Yeah? You're, the possibility you have is getting it and then losing it. But you're never going to get it. <laughs> but what would happen if you're not the axis, if you're not one of the things, see, like it says in an old Zen treatise, the subject is the subject because of the object. Yeah? So I'm Paul because of Nancy, in a sense, in this experience. Like, in this perceptual experience I'm having, when I see Nancy, it refers that there's a Paul that's seeing Nancy. That's subject-object, yes? So the subject needs an object to be a subject, and the object needs an, a subject to be an object, something like that, yeah? So this is split mind. So duality is totally based on mind taking itself to be self and other, yeah? Now, you can work hard and try to change other all you want and pray for other to change and wish they would change, but why not just see, are you the self, yeah? If you're not the subject and you find out, hey, I'm not the subject, you may just be an object which makes you one of us because you're seeing Z as an object and John C as an object and Nancy as an object and now you may actually see your quote-unquote self as an object, yeah? And then, as soon as you get relegated, you would see it as a relegation, but as soon as you see that you're actually an object, of course it slips into, no, we're all the subject. Yeah? We're the one subject that's looking through all of these objects. Yeah? 
There's not millions of subjects looking at millions of objects. There's one subjectivity looking at the millions of objects. And what I am is like a telescope that's facilitating this event. What I am is like a conduit that's, that's allowing this water to move through, to have an experience. But this, this is a plastic tube. It's not the water. Yeah? The water is subjectivity. And the water is pouring out of each and every one of us. Yeah? And it didn't matter if there's 8 people on the planet or 8 billion people on the planet, there'd still be enough. If there's 40 billion people on the planet, there'd still be enough. If there's one, there'd still be enough. You can have 8 zillion billion insects, 50 billion people, and there's enough consciousness to move through every one of those faculties, yes? Or facilitators, because all there is is that. It doesn't have a quantity where it's going to run out, yeah? It's an infinite reservoir of, of mind... And no matter how many or how few people are here, it will move through those people to have an experience here. Yeah. But you and I are not having the experience. We're facilitating the experience as this. That's the freedom from the bondage of self. The bondage of self is taking an object to be the subject. Yeah. A unique separate subject that's different than all the other objects. It's like the crown of selfing is the me. That's the crown. To be right-sized in the humility is when you realize you're a you. And there's freedom from that incredible heavy crown of self-centeredness. Yeah. Now you're not defined by that form of looking. And so now you sense the presence of the unicity of mind while the duality of mind is expressing itself. Yeah. The split mind is expressing through perceptions and through language and through all experiences, but the, you'll sense the presence of the unicity of mind. You'll be filled, let's say, with the spirit. Like Jesus said, when your eye is single, your body will be full of life. He doesn't say when your eyes are two. That's your, what you're now is your body's full of fucking storage space. You're just storing old resentments and fears and everything like that. But if your eye be single, the body will be full of light. Yeah. I like that. I like that little influence in my day. Yeah. Now, Saturday is just a Saturday, not totally bookend by a Friday and a Sunday. <laughs> Actually, it blurs all into just one event. You take it off, too? No. Are oh, you going to the bathroom? Uh, you know, you're not... <laughs> It's just being blurred into one event. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. So when you look at the book, it says freedom from the bondage of self. It doesn't say freedom from the bondage to self. Because bondage to self would mean that self was a thing. And in fact, it's not a thing. It's an idea. Yeah. So in a sense, we're bonded to an idea. Yeah. Which means it has to be entertained. So in other words, we bound, we entertain ourselves into the, our own bondage in a sense, yeah? To be free from a thing would be easy. Just find out what's bonding you to the chair. And then, oh, I have handcuffs. And then find a spiritual locksmith who can open it up, and then you'd be free from this bondage to this chair. But free from the bondage of something is different. It's an activity of mind, yeah? It's like a glue that's being applied all day by the thought system, Yeah? 
all day, you know, getting glued to this idea, the unicity of mind is being glued to this idea of being a separate, long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yeah? And then all the thoughts and all the language is about, is about and the way we perceive is there to support that idea, yeah? All the while, there's always freedom available because the glue has to be constantly applied because it can never really adhere. If you look at it close enough, you'll see there's no bottom. <laughs> and then once you see there's no bond at that moment, you may see that there's never been a bond and that there'll never be a bond. No matter how much the mind lives as if it's so, it ain't so. Don't wait to try to convince what can't be convinced into the oneness. Just leave it in the two-ness. Yeah? And recognize you've never been a participant in that. You've never been totally engaged in it. Yeah? Your freedom is already inherently in place. That's what's so beautiful. Right where you believe the bondage is happening, the freedom to it is there at all times, with no requirement necessary. You've been given the spiritual subpoena. Let the mind go there. They'll entertain it. And after a while, when you start seeing the bonding starting to appear, realize that you're not that, that which can be bonded. And therefore, you're not that which can be unbonded. You're freed from both. You're freed from the need to be liberated. You're freed from it all. Yeah. What would happen if you believed you were liberated? If there was a you that believed there was liberated? Then it would probably believe that I could become unliberated. You'd be so uptight about the liberation, that wouldn't even be liberation. You'd be freaking out a big stick up your butt. Doing all these things that presume that I'm still liberated. Instead of realizing it has nothing to do with you. (laughs) It's just an incredible possibility that's latently, obviously, there at all times that we're not taking advantage of because we're looking at it from a bifocal manner. We can't see it. We can't touch it. We can't grab it. So to us, it doesn't even exist. When it's the only thing that exists, in fact. It's a mind-boggling, you know. It's mind-boggling how we've got this whole thing <laughs> ass backwards, I swear. <laughs> that thing you're taking yourself to be is never going to be convinced it's there. You'll only be convinced it's there to plan how it's going to get out of there or how it's going to lose it or how it's going to screw it up somehow. That's the only way. Yeah. It's just like humility. You never know you're you're in humility. It's just an expression of someone. Hey, you're pretty humble. Then they're like, Oh yeah, buddy. Wants to posture and take a position, and now you're humble, (laughs) and you're bonded to humility now. (laughs) You're bonded of of the one who's humble. That's what you're bonded by. It's not the humility. The humility. I'm telling you, you may want to. Take a look at it. Explore yourself. Yeah, that's the best way. I'm just throwing out pointers. But here, here's the selfing. The selfing's main motivation, main movement, this mental process called selfing. A mental process that's overriding the physical and doesn't even take into what we call the spiritual into consideration. This mental process called selfing, its main movement is the claim. Yeah? So let's say if there's thoughts... I'm the thinker. That's a form of claiming the thoughts, yeah? 
Feeling on the feeler, that's claiming the feeling. Seeing on the seer, that's claiming the seeing, yes? Hearing on the hearer, that's claiming the hearing, yes? Problems, they're my problems, that's claiming the problems. Yeah? Possessions, my possessions, now you're claiming the possessions. That's why Ramana Maharshi once said to somebody, hey, you don't have to give up your possessions, give up the possessor, that's the real key. Yeah, because the movement of claiming is using anything it comes in contact with, which is thoughts, feelings, experiences, yes? Things, time, all this stuff. It's using that, whatever it claims, to facilitate the bondage to this idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. The subject among objects, yes? The one special me. So it uses thoughts by claiming to be the thinker of them, or they're about you, and now those thoughts facilitate its bonding of the mind to the idea of being a self. The thoughts aren't doing it, they're being used by this mental process called selfing. It claims the thoughts as being the thinker, and now it uses the thoughts to fulfill its wish, which is to be a self, so it, it uses the thoughts to bond you to an idea of being a self. It does the same thing with feelings, everything else. Yeah, it's nice to find see its mo. So, like when you go, so when you go into the crime scene, you'll make the connection. This is a serial killer. Yeah? <laughs> I've seen this before. This isn't a random event. This is a pattern. I notice it. Oh, this is how self has defeated me. Oh, now you're onto something. You now you've seen the beast from head to toe. And so, so when it walks into your relationships, you'll stop it at the door and say, "Who is it?" They'll say, "Me," and say, "I'm not that." And then maybe its influence in your relationships will change. Its influence in how you do, how you deal with time will change. Maybe the idea of a day at a time will really be able to be embraced because you see that time is just a structure that's been claimed by this mental process to drive you like a herd, like a cow in a herd, to a mythical trough that's going to be better than the same trough you were at yesterday. <laughs> You could find it out. You'll see it. And once you see that the heist is occurring, especially if you see it whilst it's occurring, if you can see it then, I'll swear to God, a pause erupts and there's freedom from it. You see it. You see it and you're not seeing from it. Because most of us are starting from square four. We haven't even seen the process. Yeah? We haven't even seen the process of how we end up taking this day to be this day, and I've taken this to be me, and I've taken this to be you, and I've taken da 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 da. If this didn't naturally evolve, it's a process that was produced by a mental interpretation. And then we start at square four, but we say this is square one, and from square four, the game board looks different than from square zero. It has a total different look. From square four, the game looks like it's happening to me. Yeah? From square zero, find out what the game looks like. It may be a whole different view of it. With no thought or effort on your part. Yeah? It'll all come from the recognition of square zero. And I'll tell you, anytime you wake up or have a, like a moment of clarity or an epiphany or like a big pause, be it at square 23 or square 54, it's going to real, rep- the revelation will be you're at square zero. So after a while, every, all this appearance of this is really happening and suddenly it just breaks and you're at square zero again you'll realize you've never left square zero. 
<laughs> there is no game board in the sense. <laughs> you're, at, you're at the beginning and the end at the same time. <laughs> what would what 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 advantage may it bring you? Maybe you'd be able to enjoy this Saturday. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe instead of going to 90 meetings in 90 days, maybe you'll be able to entertain this one that you're at. You'll be really here because you you won't be believing that you could be somewhere else finally. You realize you've never been anywhere you thought you could have been the times you were thinking you could have been there. You were never there. You've never been able to transport this whole story to three weeks from now. Never. And nor will you ever. You know what I mean? You have so many frequent flyer miles in that insane, you know, fucking space. You take three trips all day. One way, multiple destinations, round trips. Oh, I blogged 800,000 miles. Where do you go? Nowhere. I thought I was in Hawaii, but I was in Hoboken. <laughs> I never at the same place I'm thinking about what I'm thinking about. Oh, Wouldn't you see that as a giant heist of your interest and attention? You so freaking think this is your life, then why would you put up with your life being stolen all freaking day? Lock, stock, and barrel, basically. Yeah, If you're so determined or so into this is your life and see the heist that's occurring all freaking day. You find maybe you're interested in something and you can't even attend to it because your mind's running you, rushing you somewhere in some future appointment that's not even there. Just write it in a notebook. And then you'll look up at a day. Oh, then you go. Why do you have to think about, oh, I got this appointment. All right, you got the appointment. Write it down. Put it on a calendar. Why do you revisit it 80 freaking times? Because there's no power over it. Yeah? All based not on that event, on this, on the petri dish that that event is a manifestation of. The petri dish of identification as a self is producing all the calamities and all the other bullshit we're, we're trying to hack through every day. You know, like a jungle that keeps growing every freaking day because it doesn't. It's not spawned by the germ or the seed of this day. It's spawned by past imaginary fields of future and past. It grows over every day, over the day. People talk about, you know, what is it, the judgment day. How about Saturday? <laughs> this Saturday is bigger than the judgment day, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> ding. I'm going to use this day to think about another day. All right. Yeah, I think I'm going to go home, turn down the shades. I'll have to watch some TV and stuff like that for us. But I'm going to to use this day to think totally all day about another day. Let me see if I can conjure that day up, you know. After about 18 hours, fucking... (laughs) I've I've succeeded and made this day hell. When this day had no intention of being hell, we gave it all the meaning it had. Yeah? Freedom from the bondage of self. Check it out. Find out what self actually is, which isn't. It isn't a thing. It's an activity. And if it's an activity, I guess it could be halted. 
Will you halt it? No, there isn't a you to halt it. By entertaining that there isn't a you to halt it, that sort of produces the halting of it. Yeah. Then you can breathe and actually be here. And then you may want you may not have such a desire to get out of here so much when you're actually here. You may realize, hey, you know, this is the true transcendence, is actually being here. Everyone's busy using here as like a, a platform to dive into something else. How about the greatest dive is just to be here? Yeah, this is the invitation. I'll tell you, if this hadn't, if my mind hadn't shifted, I would have totally flipped out by now. I'm telling you, because I couldn't win out here. I didn't really like all the, all the, like all the, uh, when I got the goods of this world, I couldn't enjoy them. My mind would go off and I don't deserve it or get paranoid. And therefore, and I also didn't like not having the goods with the huge desire to have them. But when I had them, it didn't produce translating to an easy, so I was going to lose both ways. Yeah, so it makes sense a lot to get loaded quite a lot. Yeah, because fuck it, why not? <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't get into this place. You can't seem to get out of this place. I might as well just get loaded while I'm in this place and act like I'm out of this place. Yeah, then this thing, you, you would think that it would be like a very like a rocket into the fourth dimension, but it's more like a, a like a divine essence spill, like an oil spill. It just sort of spreads out. It's like a real sense of Wellness on a lot of different levels. You would never have been able to coin it, what it actually is like. But the only way you can find out is you find out, yeah? And it's not anything that I thought it was going to be. It's not like purifying myself to such a point that my mind had been focused on one thing for 15 hours and then it would just explode into the instastellar consciousness. It didn't work out that way for me. It's about, you know, watch, reading a Yankee blog you know, about how the Yankees are doing, New York Yankees, you know, it has a total different take than I thought it was going to have. Yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like I was freed from all that shit. And that's the real freedom. I thought that shit was going to take me somewhere. I needed to be freed from that drive. That was, that was, that was the, <laughs> the vehicle looked like the papal, you know, the Pope's vehicle, but it was Satan's vehicle. I thought I was going to the Vatican, I was going to, whatever, you know what I mean? You had the whole idea, oh, this is very noble, millions have walked this path, but where did they get? <laughs> Oops. I once did a cartoon I was going to send to a magazine. It was a, a truck, a flatbed with this, with the uh, woods things, and you could see in, and there was like 30 cows in there. Yeah, and then the sign on the truck was meat packing plant, so they're all going to get going to get killed. And, there, and then there was one cow like this, and I said the awakened one. <laughs> <laughs> I still feel like that. <laughs> Is that what? <laughs> maybe, maybe the truck we're on says, going to heaven. <laughs> Enlightenment. Oh, awakening. And they're going to. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.
<laughs> it may be different than we think. <laughs> That's the rude awakening. Part of the awakening, in a sense, it's a rude part. You see, I mean, when it happened with me, as I, I was practicing, I was going to a Dokchen meeting, which is a Buddhism great perfection and stuff. And so I was sitting there, and something had happened to me, uh, and I was at that meeting, and someone said something, and I realized the whole pursuit of spirituality was bogus for me. Of course, I try to project it as everyone's bogus, for, but my own experience at that moment was it was bogus for me. And that was the only identity I had. I mean, I was a house painter, but it wasn't that good of a house painter, you know? So I had nowhere to hang my hat. So spirituality had been like the last peg, you know? I could meditate a lot, so read a lot of scriptures, went to India a few times, you got to do that. Like this. So I thought I had a pretty good resume. And then I realized it's pointless. Oh, the thing's pointless. And I was like, my, my spiritual pants, so let's say robes fell down to my ankle. And I, but I, and I was like in the middle of town square, and I just didn't pull them up, which was the greatest thing that ever happened. It was just great. I just sat there in the incredible uncomfortability of like, the gig is up. You know, there's no fucking way you're going to paint a spiritual veneer on what you think you are. But it was a recognition I'm not that. You know? So I was always taking, I was taking a, a uniform, which is one of many you're going to wear in this life. I was taking it as my skin. This uniform was given to me when I was young, the self thing, yes? And I took it, and it was the uniform of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity. Or if you want to use the term of a, you have a pair of glasses that you take to be your eyes, yeah? No matter how distorted those glasses become, you'll never entertain the possibility you can take them off. Because you'll never even feel up there, because you just assume they're your eyes. So let's say there's this identification as something that's in place. Identification as a long-lasting, independent, separate entity, which is something that wasn't so when you were a kid her age. There was no sense of being a someone yet that was that strong. It has to be grown into. So that's that uniform was applied, and after a while it became our skin. And we've been taking other uniforms on and on, you know, and off and on and off to embellish that uniform, taking it to be our skin. This is about recognizing you can take this off. This is what happened when I was in AA with this message. When I saw that self was a foreign installment or was a parasitical movement, the mind that hadn't been able to go to this possibility went right to it, which is I can be free from it. Not to try to be free as it or rationally or therapize it or try to convince it to go along with my plan. No, I can be radically free from self. And I've been entertaining that for 15, 17 years now, whatever. And it's, uh, the proof has been in the pudding. It doesn't matter to you, but for this experience, a traveling lighter has stabilized to the point where it's like a whole different format that I'm living under, that I, that I had lived for many, many years before. And that answer became the last answer, like an unspoken yes that keeps reverberating, and uh, I don't see it ending anytime soon, because it initiates, the entertaining initiates the message, the message entertains, initiates the entertaining, and it's this incredible symbiotic event. Yeah? yeah. So. 
And I don't have much investment if you can get into it or not, but I definitely have an investment that you can hear about it, for sure. I think everyone has that right to hear about it. And any system that will close itself off to outside information is going to be a dead system sooner or later. You've got to open up to the possibility that more will be revealed. Yeah. And for me, this isn't a path to illumination, but it'll illuminate whatever path you're on. So if you're on the path of AA, or that's where you have to be because of disease or alcoholism, this will illuminate that way of life. Yeah, It'll bring more light into it, because you'll be the one that's bringing light into it. Yeah, If you're in Buddhism or something else, it'll illuminate that path. But it's not a path to illumination. You can't take this as a path, because it's nothing. It's you. The one that's going to be on the path or off the path. Yeah? So this is just an illuminating quality or a factor that uh, brings your own light into the, the equation of your experience here. And that may be what's been missing, you know? You may have been trying to find some artificial light to bring in, which is always going to be determined on circumstances and situations, yeah? But if you are the inherent light, yeah? And you don't get swayed by what the mind is going to interpret of you being far from it or close to it or always telling you. Just like the same voice that used to talk to you when you were getting loaded, telling you this is a great idea to do this shot. It's the same voice that's talking to you now. Yeah? It's not to be relied on. When you get cleaned up, it's not to be relied on. When you're loaded, it's not to be relied on. Yeah? The reliance is on silence, in a sense, on the pause, on something that's not being conceptually conveyed by a thought system, but something that sort of downloads through the thought system, like in, in, in sex goes through it, vertical insertion instead of a horizontal insertion, which selfing is a horizontal insertion. It's a download about time and separation and things and people, Yes? This is a vertical insertion of information that is not, is not self-centered. It's centered. And it will cause an incredible transformation how you travel on this horizontal scene, this, this line of story. It will cause that story to become lighter. Yeah. Instead of being had by the story, you'll have a story. You'll have plenty of stories. But you won't be had by the story. Yes? Yeah. And then when you hear people share who are had by the story, you'll see, hey, you know, it's not personal. I, I don't want what they, they have. I don't want, so if I, like when I first came to AA, I used to go to people and ask them what they did. People I thought I wanted what they had. So I asked them what they did, and I tried to adopt that. And then people had what I didn't want, I asked them what they did and tried not to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just said, okay, that's, I don't want that. <laughs> And still, it was a simple way, but it was pretty, worked pretty well. Yeah. So, Jim, you going? Yeah, I am. I'm so happy to see you, Jim. How you? How's your health? Uh, going through to the checks. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, I love his blessings. Always with you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah. 